Thank you very much. Please be seated. That's great. How many of you love seeing the sun shining every now and then? I love the fact that we're heading into spring. Feels good. I still pray for everybody in church who loves winter. I genuinely think there's something wrong with you. Just kidding. I love the summer. So um looking forward to looking forward to some glorious days of sunshine in the days to come. Hey, if you are a first-time visitor here and this is the first time you've been to Beacon Church, I want to give you a special welcome. Thanks so much for being here and I do appreciate the fact that you've taken time. I do want to encourage you to scan the QR codes on the back of your chairs. It'll take you to a welcome page on our website where you'll be able to connect with us and we'll get to know you, you'll get to know us. And uh, in a in, in a size of a crowd this big, it's not always easy to get to know people, get to feel like you're part of something, the way you're connected. So we want to encourage you to do that so that we can help you just take your next steps. Throughout the month of February, we've been in the middle of a sermon series or a series of talks called Master Keys. And basically what it is, it's we're talking about things that we can apply to our lives that unlocks multiple doors of blessing in different areas of my life or your life or whoever wishes to apply it. Now, a master key is a key. It's a single key that opens multiple doors, all of which have their own key as well. And I've been just uh, on a lifelong journey, really, to discover as many master keys as possible because I am a firm believer that uh, Jesus didn't die just to get us to go to heaven. Because if that was the case, then the moment we gave our life to Jesus, we should have died and gone straight to heaven. I am uh, on a life mission to make sure that while I'm here on earth, I live the best possible life that Jesus died for. And I'm hoping that you also have that in your life, uh, a desire in your heart, that you're not here just to waste time and, and pass time, but that you're here for a purpose and you've got to accomplish that purpose that purpose can only be born out of intimacy so anytime god wants to um god wants to unleash the new wave of purpose in your life you'll always start by saying cut out everything and come away and spend time with me and often we don't like that because we think oh man that's not what i want to be doing i want to be doing purpose but you miss out on the purpose because you're missing out on the instruction that will give you purpose in the first place. So we want to be doing that. And that's the goal of these moments that we get to encounter God. And we looked in week one about the key of mercy. We looked at week two about the key of honor. And uh, those are all standalone messages in itself. In case you've missed it, they're up on our podcast for you to listen. And today, week three, we're going to talk about the Word of God, the Word of God. I believe the Word of God is a master key that unlocks every other key. Let's read one verse. I'm going to pray and then and go into a bit of an explanation on this. So we've got Psalms 119, verse 89, and this is what it says. Forever, O Lord, your Word is firmly fixed in the heavens forever O lord your word is firmly fixed in the heavens in other words there's one thing in this world that cannot change and that is the word of god once god has spoken it is firmly fixed many times we think the word of god has changed because we have an expectation of the interpretation of the word of god and we think that's what the word of god is going to do in our lives and often when it doesn't happen we think oh why did the word of god fail the word of god cannot fail the bible says forever your word is firmly fixed in the heavens actually let's read uh, that 
all together if we can. One, two, three. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Why don't you pray and ask God to speak to you today. Father, we are grateful for these moments that we share. We ask that you will help us to open our eyes to the power of your spoken word in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. We come together like this on a Sunday, not because we want to hear a sermon, because if you wanted to hear a sermon, you could have sat at home. There's plenty on YouTube. If you go and uh, Google, I'm sure plenty of sermons will come up. If you're not a person that wants to hear a sermon and you prefer reading, you could have stayed at home and read Christian books. I'm sure God would have spoken to you as well. But that's not necessarily the reason why we gather together and every Sunday we set aside time to read the Bible and allow it to speak to our hearts, because it is God's design that we, when we come together as a community, that God's word is spoken to a community like this through human beings because he is a now God and a now God releases a now word into a now moment. How many of you ever sat in church one Sunday and you thought, man, that is speaking straight to me. It, it, it touched a nerve. It, it, it spoke to something that I was afraid of. It, it, it helped me just, just to understand something better because that is God's design for us to, to, to participate in the preaching or in the ministry of the word of God. And God, God changed his tactic um, uh, a few years ago when, the, when Jesus, his son, came and he came to, to die and he, came, he was buried and he was risen again. We call it, I thought that was my phone, we call it the new covenant. Um, we call it the new covenant and in the old covenant, God related to people by, by, by giving them instructions and you had to write, read the instructions and obey them. That's how you connected with God. The thing is, that experiment failed. It didn't really work. And so God said, well, we need a new way where men and women can connect with God. And God decided to say, let's try relationship. Relationship was only made possible through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus, any person, any man, any woman, any boy, any girl, whether you're educated, not educated, you're the worst sinner or not the sinner, if you think you're a saint and you've made no mistake, it all, the only way you can connect with God now is through his son, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus died and rose again, one of the things that was a benefit of that, or one of the things that came as a result of his death, burial, and resurrection is a gift. Now, this gift is not a gift that you can open from a gift box because this gift is not a thing. This gift is a person. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, the church, that means the gathering together of everybody that's been called to follow Jesus, that's what the church means. The word church means the gathering of the called out one. When we gather, we are called. That's why you cannot be a church at home and say, no, I just have home, I have YouTube, I have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I am the church. No, you're not the church. The only thing that makes you a church is if you gather with other people, and that's why these mornings are important. That's what makes us church. And so the gift of the Holy Spirit was given to the church. So then Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, whenever you gather, I am there. As if to say, otherwise, what does that mean? What does that mean? Does that mean he's missing otherwise? Does that mean that when we don't gather, he's not there? Of course he's there. The Bible says, the Bible refers to the fact that he's, omni, he's an omnipresent God. That means he's everywhere. 
one of the writers of songs in the Bible. He's a man called David. He said it this way. He said, if I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. When I get up, you're there. When I lie down, you're there. You're everywhere. He's just everywhere. God is everywhere. But even though God is everywhere, he seems to want to know. He, he seems to, uh, for us to want to know that wherever two or three are gathered, he is there. He is there. And whenever he is there, he decides He decides to do a number of things. Whenever he is here, uh, miracles happen. The Bible says in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures evermore. So whenever he is there, joy happens. Whenever he is there, surprises happen. Whenever he is there, lots of things happen. And one of the many things that happen when he is there in the gathering of the called out people of God is that he desires for the word of God to be preached. And that is why we make no apologies for taking time every Sunday when we come together to read the Bible and allow God's word to speak to our hearts. And God's word is fixed firmly in the heavens. Not only is it fixed firmly in the heavens, we have, I'm going to read another verse, uh, Psalms 138 verse 2. This is what it says. It says, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and faithfulness because... You have exalted above all things. Everybody say, above all things. He has exalted above all things two things. What are they? Your name and your word. So if there is a pecking order of the universe, if there's a pecking order of every planet on earth, if there's a pecking order of the heavens, the earth, everything under the earth, if there is something that remains on top of everything that has ever existed. Two things exist there, the name of Jesus and his word. That's why it's important for us, the Bible says, to have to bow down or to have reverence towards the holy temple. In the old covenant, the holy temple was a building. In the new covenant, the holy temple is the gathering together. Like this, right now, we are the church. And the Bible says whenever we come together like that, we should have a reverence. Why? Because for, the word for there means because. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness because you have exalted above all things your name and your word. So when we come together in the holy temple, whether that is here or whether if this building did not exist tomorrow, we'd probably gather together in another building. Wherever we gather becomes the temple of God. The Bible says in the book of Peter that we ourselves are like living stones built into his holy temple. That means in the new covenant, the temple of God is not a building. It's the gathering together of every person that's put their trust in Jesus. And whenever we come together as a holy temple, whenever we gather together like this on a Sunday morning, whenever we come together like this, the Bible says we have to bow down. We have to have reverence. Reverence is different from fear. Fear is being afraid of something and running away. Reverence is when you are attracted to something and you bow down in reverence to God. Why? Because above all things, he has exalted his name and his word. And that's why we take time to worship. That's why we encourage people to lift hands. That's why we encourage people to clap. That's why we encourage people to dance. That's why we encourage people to bring their tithes. That's why we encourage people to bring their offerings. That's why we encourage people to read the Bible. That's why we encourage people to listen to the word of God. That's why we encourage people to go back and listen to the podcast in case you've missed it. Why? Because wherever the temple of God is, the Bible says in Psalms 138 verse 2, we have to 
to bow down. We have to have reverence. We have to have worship in that moment. Because God has decided that above all things, he has exalted the name of God and the word of God. The name of God and the word of God is exalted above all else. The grace of God is free, but the grace of God is not cheap. And that's why you need to have the proper reverence concerning the things of God. I have never seen in my life, in 21 years of ministry, I have never ever seen anyone completely flourish in the plans and the purposes of God if they're irreverent towards church, irreverent towards the pastor, irreverent towards leadership. I have never seen it happen. I am yet to see it happen. Why? Because God has decided that he has exalted his name and his word above all else and you have to bow down. You have to have reverence. You have to have the proper respect for that because if that doesn't happen, you are out of sync with the very order that God has designed. So we will talk about the name of God whenever the Holy Spirit allows us, but today I want to talk about the word of God. The word of God that God has exalted above all else. And before we even do that, it'll be good for you just to quieten your heart, maybe just in this moment and say, God, I want to have the proper reverence. I want to bow down to your holy temple. Whenever I come together like this, the reason I come together is because I want to bow down to his name and his word. I wonder whether you want to take a minute in your heart and say, God, I want to just protect my reverence towards you. I want to make sure I give you the proper respect that is due your name. I want to bow down in your holy temple because you have exalted your name and your word above all else. I wonder if you want to, with no music or no atmosphere created, whether you can lift your hands without shame to say, God, I honor your word and I honor your name. He has exalted that above all else. He has exalted that above the name of everything else. So you and I have a choice to either be reverenced towards that, whether to bow down towards that or not to bow down. Father, you see these hands that are lifted up. These hands are lifted up in reverence towards you. We want to thank you that the grace of God is free, but we want to thank you that it is not cheap, so we will not be familiar with it. We will not play around with it. We will show you the proper reverence that is due your name. Thank you for your name. Thank you for your word. You have decided that above all else, You have exalted your name and your word in Jesus' name. Amen. For a moment, if you are grateful for the word of God, and if you know that the word of God has changed, has brought some sort of change in your life, why don't you clap your hands and give Jesus thanks. Come on, thank him. Focus on him. Every time the word of God came and made a difference in your life, Father, we are truly grateful to be on the receiving end of the Word of God in our lives. I want to read a story in 1 Kings chapter 17 that I think summarizes best the power of the Word of God. This is a story about a man called Elijah. He was a prophet. It says, Elijah arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. Now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it, bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus... 
Says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. This is why the word of God is a master key. Now this obviously applies to you if you believe you want to be reverent to the name of God and the word of God. If you choose when you come together like this to bow down in his holy temple and you're on the receiving end of the word of God, this is, this is why it's a master key. Number one, the word of God creates. The word of God creates. The word of God has the power not just to communicate. The word of God has the power to create. I don't know about you, but there are things in your life right now that you will be aware of that you think, man, I had no idea I would be here 10 years ago. I had no idea I would be in this moment 20 years ago. I had no idea this is how my life would look like 15 years ago. I had no idea. Why? Because we're not always aware of what our future brings. How many of you can agree with that? You can have the best plans in your life. You can have the best plans in the world. You can have the best hopes. You can have the best uh, expectations. But if we're really honest with ourselves, we none of us are truly in control of what our future looks like. And that's why it's important to have reverence or apply or be in a place where you receive the word of God because the word of God creates your future. And anytime the word of God creates your future, it's not a bad future that's being created. It is a future that is beyond your expectations, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the mind of any person, what God has prepared for them that love him. I want to tell you today, if you will have reverence, for the word of God. It is creating something spectacular, beautiful, beyond your imagination in your life because the word of God has the power to create your future. It has the power to create your future. The Bible says Elijah said to this woman, he spoke the word and what happened? A creative miracle happened in your life, in her life. The greatest creative miracle that can ever happen in anyone's life is when the word of God comes to an individual for the first time. And the Bible says we, without the word of God, without Jesus, we were objects of wrath. Why? Because every person that is born of a human being is born into what the Bible calls sin. Sin is not what you do. Sin is the predisposition every human being has. Sin is like saying you were born with hair. You had nothing to do with being born with hair. It was just design. Likewise, every person that is born into the world is born with a predisposition, predisposition called sin. And that sin separates any person from the Father, from our Heavenly Father whose desire is good and wants to have an intimate relationship with everyone. But when you hear the Word of God, the Bible calls the Word of God the 
imperishable seed. It means it's like a seed that is put in the ground that can never die. Whenever any person receives that word of God, you then, when you have an opportunity then to respond, and some of you will remember that moment when you remember saying, God, I want to give you my life. I receive Jesus into mine. Come and forgive me of my sins. I make you my savior. I make you my Lord. In that moment, the greatest creative miracle ever happened. Why? Because in that moment, it's not just that you received forgiveness from your sins. In that moment, it's not just that you were forgiven of your guilt. In that moment, it's not just that you got a ticket to go to heaven. In that moment, it's not just that you have a relationship with the heavenly father. But this is what the Bible says. If anybody be in Christ Jesus, he or she is a brand new creation. Everything that is old is gone and everything is brand new. That word brand new creation means you are now a brand new species. A creative miracle happened. I am no longer just the son of my father. Something creative happened in my life. I am now a child of God. And that very act was happening because of the power of the word of God. It created something in you to change your entire species. You are no longer just human. You are also now a child of God. It is a creative miracle. The word of God creates in your life. I'm going to give you an, uh, a choice right now to do an exercise because often what I do is allow prophetic words to or declarations to flow from the stage and ask you to open your hands and, and receive it and open your heart and receive it. But I wonder for just 60 seconds, why don't you create your future? Why don't you declare in Jesus' name some of the things that you're going to see in five years' time in your life, in 10 years' time in your life? You may want to close your eyes. It might give you a moment of concentration and privacy. In a moment, why don't you just say, God, in two years' time, I am going to have a closer walk with you than I've done before. In two years' time, I'm expecting my business to flourish so that I will have enough to support me, my family, and the work of God. I'm going to give you 60 seconds right now to create your own future because the Word of God creates. And I wonder whether you want to create your future right now. Why don't you do that? Try it. Experiment. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the power of your Word that creates. And I pray for the future of Beacon Church. We declare there's coming a day where there will be mass baptisms that we cannot even count. We declare there's coming a day where we will run multiple services and there will not be room enough to contain. We declare in Jesus' name that there will be a, a, a knowing that Beacon Church, our, we, our light will arise and shine. That anybody that is stepping into East Anglia will hear the name of this church. And this will be the place that people will come to to receive instruction. We declare that to be true. We declare that to be reality. We thank you that in days to come, men will give their lives to Jesus. Women will give their lives to Jesus. Boys will give their lives to Jesus. Children will give their lives to Jesus. We declare that there will be such an overflowing in this place that, Lord, people will have to queue up for baptisms day in, day out. We'll have baptism services on Monday. We will have baptism services on Tuesday. We'll have baptism services on Wednesday. We'll have baptism services on Thursday. We'll have baptism services on Friday. We'll have baptism services on Saturday. We'll have baptism services on Sunday. Our husbands will serve the Lord. Our wives will serve the Lord. Our fathers will serve the Lord. Our children will serve the Lord. Our community will serve the Lord. The educated will serve the Lord. The uneducated will serve the Lord. Rich and poor will serve the Lord. We create this future because the word of God creates. We declare that to be true in the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. The word of God creates. I wonder what it is that you want to create in your words. I remember my entire life changing when I understood that the word of God in the mouth of God is as powerful as the word of God in your mouth. The word of God in the mouth of God is as powerful as the word of God in my mouth. And that's why certain things you don't have to pray about because God has already spoken. He has already spoken that you will be the head and not the tail. He has already spoken that you will be healed, that you will be prosperous and in good health. He has already spoken that your children will serve the Lord and they will be mighty in the land. I wonder whether you have the audacity to believe that the word of God in your mouth is as powerful as the word of God in God's mouth. It is. The word of God creates. The word of God creates. Secondly, The word of God sustains. The word of God sustains. So Elijah spoke to this woman and said, Go and make me some bread because this is what the word of God says. There will not be flour failing in your house, neither will there be oil drying up in your house until God sends rain on the earth. And so she went home and cooked and baked some bread. And and the next day... um, The word of God didn't have to come again and say, oh, by the way, there'll be flour and there'll be oil. And the third day, by the way, there'll be flour and there'll be oil. Thursday, oh, by the way, there'll be flour and there'll be oil. And that is why one of the devil's biggest tactics is make you forget what he has spoken to you. Because if you can forget what he has spoken, and forgetfulness happens not because we have a bad memory. Forgetfulness happens because we don't cherish and have reverence for the word of God. The reverence for the word of God goes out because of our pain. The reverence for the word of God sometimes goes out because of the deceitfulness of sin. The reverence for the word of God goes out because of just life happening to us. But I want to encourage you that the word of God not only creates, the word of God has power to sustain. The Bible says everything that God has spoken is being sustained by the power of the word of God. So I want to encourage you to take a minute this week, maybe you can even take a minute right now, and try and think of some of the things that God has maybe spoken to you. That's maybe lost its value, it's maybe lost its worth, it's maybe lost its weight, it's maybe lost its excitement, because it's been a while and you've not heard it and you've not been reminded of it and it's come and gone but the word of God not only has the power to create it has the power to sustain and some of you are saying God I got into this because I had the word of God and now I'm finding myself that I'm struggling I want to say to you that first word that you heard that made you take the step in the first place that was not only permission for you to take the step that was confirmation that God will not only provide for you but he will sustain you in every season of your life. I am so grateful that I am sustained through life. How of you know what it means because you can look back and say, hey man I have made it not because of the cleverness of the decisions I've made. I have made it not because of the brilliance of my discipline. I have made it not because I was the most educated but I can just say that the word of God has sustained me. If you know that the word of God has sustained you through hell and high water, the word of God has sustained you through sickness. The word of God has sustained you through poverty. The word of God has sustained you through unanswered
unanswered questions. The word of God has sustained you through moments when you had no clarity. If you are confident that you are who you are today because of the word of God, I wonder if you want to give him praise right now to say, Lord, we appreciate you. It was your word that kept us. It was your word that held us. It was your word that propelled us. It was your word that protected us. It was your word that forgave us. It was your word that gave us future. It was your word that gave us a hope. It was your word. It was his word. It was the word of God that not only created, but sustained. The Bible says, Elijah said to the woman, there shall be neither, the, 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 the flower will not fail and the oil will not dry until the Lord sends rain on the earth. Until the Lord sends rain upon the earth. In other words, this word of God is going to work until your season changes. This word of God is going to work until your season changes. Here's the problem. Nobody knows when the season's going to change. Is that next week? Is that next year? Is that 10 years time? How do you know when the rain is going to come? Nobody knows. But Elijah says to her, until that day happens, this word will sustain her. This word will keep her. This word will provide for her. This word will make sure that it keeps working until the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Can I encourage you to know this? One day, your current season will change. You will not always be in this season of your life. This is what the Bible says. As long as earth remains, there will be summer and winter, springtime and harvest. For as long as the earth remains, sowing and reaping will not fail. That, that Seasons come and seasons go. In fact, it has been designed so that even with your own eyes, you can see after summer, there is the autumn. After that, there is the winter. After that, there is the spring. Seasons come and go. And your seasons, whatever season of life you are in now, it will change. But God's word is enough to sustain it until the season ends. In other words, the word of God is aware of your timing. I'm not always aware of my timing. I'm not always aware of when my season changes or when my season ends. How many of you have ever had an experience when the word of God has come to you and he's told you to do something and you're going, God, I'm not ready. But the word of God thinks you're ready. I can deal with that. Here's the one I can't deal with. The one I can't deal with is when I, th- I think I'm ready. And the word of God says, wait, not yet. You've got to just stay here a little more. You've got to just wait a little more. I said, no, God, I'm ready. Come on. I know I'm ready. Everybody thinks I'm ready. Why do you think I'm not ready? Because the word of God is not only something that creates, it's not only something that sustains, but the word of God is aware of the timing of your life. I have come to understand this. God is never late. He is never early. He is always on time. Our times are in his hand. And if you want to make sure that your life is governed, not by the ticking of a clock, 
Your life is governed by not by who's in government and who isn't. Your life is governed not by your diet choices or not. I'm not advocating a poor diet, by the way. That's not what I mean. What I mean is this. There is something that can overrule. There's a master key that you can apply that will make sure that your life is in time with the timing of God. And it happens to everybody that has a reverence for the word of God. And I want to know whether you want to make sure your world and your life works out in your timing or would you like your world and your life to work out in the timing of God. I have always known that the timing of God is perfect. He is perfect in all of his ways and he is perfect in his timing. And some of you just here today saying, God, uh, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready for this word of God. And God is saying, you are ready. And some of you are living with the frustration saying, God, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. But, 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 but. But the rain has not come and you're still waiting because the word of God, the previous word is still working. And some of us are like that. And I am like that sometimes because I'm like, <clears throat> God, it's, it's been two months, you know, I got that word. That the jar of oil will not fail and, and uh, the jar of flour will not fail. So it's been two months. I'm ready for the next one. Until the Lord sends rain on the earth. So... I push my patience to three months. God, it's been three months. I want to thank you for that word. It was brilliant. I've written it down in my diary. I've now memorized it. I now sing it. I now pray it. I now declare it. And the rain is still not coming. It's five months now. It's like... uh, How many of you ever live with the frustration of the fact that you're not where you used to be, but you're not quite where you want to be? Do you, know, do you know what that means? Just, just like, oh man, I'm glad I'm not there. But it'd be so good if it rained. It'd be so good if, if this season was over and I could just walk in whatever looks like next. I want to encourage you. He's perfect in all of his ways. You have not missed your season. 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 His word is bigger than your mistakes. His word is bigger than your impatience. His word is bigger than demonic agendas. His word is bigger than all of the things that make up the complexities of your emotions, of your mind. Whatever is happening in your world, the word of God is bigger. It's bigger. It's bigger. It's bigger. And the devil has been lying to you, but you made a mistake, but you sinned, but you've been unbelief. You've been walking in unbelief but you've been trying to strive and make sure you manipulate these things you are not where you used to be but the rain has not yet come but today if you will make a decision to bow down in reverence to the word of God and the name of God this is the word of God to you you have not missed it you are walking in the timing of God and the word of God on your life will make sure that you walk in his timing I want to walk in the timing of God I want to walk in the timing of God and the word of God. Make sure I walk in the timing of God. Here's the last thing about the word of God that I really love. Look at that verse that we were just read. It said, As the, uh, the jar of oil did not fail. The jar did not fail until the Lord sent the rain on the earth. And this is what the Bible says. I think it's verse 16, 17, whatever verse we had, if you said, until according to the word of the Lord <clears throat> spoken by Elijah. Can we have verse 17? If we've got that, the next verse. Um, if we go back, verse, I'll pull it up on my Bible. 
First Kings chapter 17, verse 15, sorry, verse 15. She went and did as Elijah said, and she, that's this woman, and he, that's the prophet, and her whole household ate for many days. Ate for many days. The thing I love best about the word of God is it always exceeds our expectations. Always exceeds our expectations. It always exceeds our expectations. You're expecting, yes, God said he'd provide. But it exceeds expectations. The word of God creates. The word of God sustains. The word of God limits your world to the timing of God. But if you can surrender to that timing, if you can cooperate with the Holy Spirit and not be stubborn to have your way, how you like it, how you want it, then he will make sure that he will surprise you with that word that it will create for you more than he's ever imagined. In the Bible, there's something called the law of first mention. Theologians call it the law of first mention. And uh, it's something that pastors like us find slightly difficult to talk about. I'll tell you why it's slightly difficult to talk about. So if you go to John chapter 2 and uh, start reading from verse 1, I'll tell you why it's slightly difficult to talk about. Saju, if you want to swap your music for Joe, that'll be great. John chapter 2 verse 1. On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, What? Go back to verse 5. His mother said to the servants, What did he say? Do whatever he tells you. Whatever he tells you. In other words, have reverence towards his word. Have reverence towards his word. Do whatever he tells you. Verse 6. Now there are six stone jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. The master of the feast tasted the water that had now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. And the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, everybody say first, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Theologians talk about something called the law of first mention. That means anytime you see God doing something for the first time, it means God is trying to communicate something about him. And this is the first sign that Jesus did in the inauguration of the Son of God that came to earth. This is why we pastors find it slightly uncomfortable to talk about this. We find it slightly uncomfortable that Jesus thought it was necessary 
to make 180 gallons of wine after everybody was already drunk. It's uncomfortable. Why would Jesus make 180 gallons of wine, liters of wine, sorry, each, each stone jar holding 20 or 30 gallons, it says, six stone jars, so we're talking a minimum of 120 gallons, maximum of 150 gallons, whatever that is in liters, find out. I promise you this, it's more than all the wine in Tesco. But the Bible says they were already all drunk. It's uncomfortable to talk about. I'll tell you this, when you have reverence for the word of God, do whatever he tells you. It turns out way more than you can ever imagine or ever expect. Something about the box of God, the, 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 the box that you've boxed God in, this is how he is going to act. It gets broken. You think, I didn't expect Jesus to do that. Why would he do that? Could it be possible because he's doing that to prove to you that if you have reverence for the word of God, he will appear to you out of the box. He will appear to you in a way that's beyond what you have boxed him in. You have a certain expectation, understanding of who God is. Can I tell you, my friends, God is bigger than your understanding. He's bigger than your expectation. He's bigger than your experience. He's bigger than your theology. He's bigger than all of the sermons you have ever listened to in your life combined. He is bigger than your Bible reading plan. He is bigger than what you've written in your diary or your journal. He is bigger than any prayer you've prayed. He's bigger than the sum of all of the fasting and praying we have done in our lives together. He's bigger than all the books that has ever been written about him. He's bigger than all the sermons that has ever been preached about him. He's bigger than all the testimonies in the room combined. He's bigger than all the songs that were ever been sung about him. He's bigger than the greatest designs of architecture in the world. He's beautiful and he is sweet and he has more intricacy than we will ever understand. He is beyond comparison. He is beyond description. He is beyond anything that has entered into the mind of man. And if there is one person in this room today who says, I will bow in reverence to his word and I will do whatever he tells me to do, then your life is about to experience an experience explosion of God activity in a way that you has not even understood by your mind. He will break every box that is in your world and you'll be able to come out and experience something and say, I never thought it was going to be this way. I never anticipated this. I never expected this. I never knew he would be this good. I never knew he would be this powerful. I never knew he would be this kind. I never knew he would be this patient. I never knew he would do something that was beyond my box. If there is one person whose heart will go to him right now and says, I will bow in reverence to the word of God. Then your life is getting ready to face an explosion of the activity of God that has not even been understood or comprehended by your mind. In fact, it will be embarrassing. It will be embarrassing to see what God can do through somebody who says, I respect the word of God. I have reverence when there is the holy temple. That is why at Beacon Church, we do not tolerate any person that comes and wants to be familiar with church or familiar with the pastor or familiar with the things of God and people who say, I want it my way. This is how it's always been. We don't have sacred cows here in church. They make for good hamburgers because we do want to make sure that we honor God. If he has exalted his name and his word above all else, our honor belongs to him. Our 
our respect belongs to him our praise belongs to him our glory belongs to him our attention belongs to him our focus belongs to him and he is worthy of us bowing down and giving him the reverence that is due his name it's due his name that's due his name Suze can you come and just drum for me that'd be great today if you want to Joe give me an A if you can that'd be great fantastic Today we're going to take a moment to bring honor and reverence to the word of God. An honor and reverence to the word of God. For a moment of concentration and privacy, why don't you close your eyes? In the old covenant, under the blood of goats and bulls and turtle doves, men and women stood and bowed in reverence to his name and his word we are under a better covenant we came here today because of the blood of jesus christ will you join me and stand now wherever you are in reverence for his name and his word it's a master key if you will apply it it's going to turn better than you thought it's going to turn better than you thought if you're here today and you say god i want to have reverence for your name and your word create something in my life sustain it some of you just need to hear again you are walking according to the timing of god in your life This is the one on whom I will look with favor. The one who is broken in their spirit and the one who trembles at my word. Father, we want to be a church that trembles at your word. We want to be a church not familiar with the things of God. We want to be a church that bows down in the holy temple. We will not be so dignified and so important that we are self-aware whether we sing or worship. You are first. You were first. You will be first in all things. always and today i want to pray for every person that has a situation where the word of god looks different to their scenario by the power of god's word by the power of god's word that every circumstance that needs to bow to the name of Jesus it bows now sickness addictions bondages fear depression anxiety unbelief 
anything that is contrary to the word of God it bows today we're going to finish by reading this colossians chapter 1 if you have that colossians chapter 1 verse 15 keep playing for me joe if you can that'd be great will you read this with me this is who jesus is together 1 2 3 he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things hold together he is the head of the body the church He is the beginning the first born from the dead so that in everything everybody say everything so that in everything so that in everything so that in everything so that in everything in everything he who's he Jesus might be preeminent we want to be a church where in everything in everything in everything Jesus is preeminent he is the head of the body the first born from the dead verse 19 for in him all the fullness of god was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross that includes you you now have peace with god because of the blood of jesus i wonder if we can give the preeminent one the best praise we have ever done and we will finish there come on jesus is worthy of our praise hey we praise you this morning the preeminent one the first born from the dead the head of the body the church in him the fullness of god was pleased to dwell the blood of jesus has made peace with all things and in him all things hold together he is the first and he is before all things lord we thank you raise your hands for a blessing now may the preeminent one cause all things in your life to hold together and may you find the preeminence of god working on your behalf so in every lack in every day that you spend this week you will find the preeminence of Jesus shining through because you've decided to tremble at his word and bow down in his holy temple in Jesus name amen amen god thank you very much please be seated that's great How many of you love seeing the sun shining every now and then? I love the fact that we're heading into spring. Feels good. I still pray for everybody in church who loves winter. I genuinely think there's something wrong with you. Just kidding. I love the summer. So, um looking forward to 
looking forward to some glorious days of sunshine in the days to come. Hey, if you are a first-time visitor here and this is the first time you've been to Beacon Church, I want to give you a special welcome. Thanks so much for being here and I do appreciate the fact that you've taken time. I do want to encourage you to scan the QR codes on the back of your chairs. It'll take you to a welcome page on our website where you'll be able to connect with us and we'll get to know you, you'll get to know us. And uh, in, a, in, in a size of a crowd this big, it's not always easy to get to know people, get to feel like you're part of something, the way you're connected. So we want to encourage you to do that so that we can help you just take your next steps. Throughout the month of February, we've been in the middle of a sermon series or a series of talks called Master Keys. And basically what it is, it's we're talking about things that we can apply to our lives that unlocks multiple doors of blessing in different areas of my life or your life or whoever wishes to apply it. Now, a master key is a key. It's a single key that opens multiple doors, all of which have their own key as well. And I've been just uh, on a lifelong journey, really, to discover as many master keys as possible because I am a firm believer that uh, Jesus didn't die just to get us to go to heaven. Because if that was the case, then the moment we gave our life to Jesus, we should have died and gone straight to heaven. I am uh, on a life mission to make sure that while I'm here on earth, I live the best possible life that Jesus died for. And I'm hoping that you also have that in your life, uh, a desire in your heart, that you're not here just to waste time and, and pass time, but that you're here for a purpose and you've got to accomplish that purpose that purpose can only be born out of intimacy so anytime god wants to um god wants to unleash the new wave of purpose in your life you'll always start by saying cut out everything and come away and spend time with me and often we don't like that because we think oh man that's not what i want to be doing i want to be doing purpose but you miss out on the purpose because you're missing out on the instruction that will give you purpose in the first place. So we want to be doing that. And that's the goal of these moments that we get to encounter God. And we looked in week one about the key of mercy. We looked at week two about the key of honor. And uh, those are all standalone messages in itself. In case you've missed it, they're up on our podcast for you to listen. And today, week three, we're going to talk about the Word of God, the Word of God. I believe the Word of God is a master key that unlocks every other key. Let's read one verse. I'm going to pray and then and go into a bit of an explanation on this. So we've got Psalms 119, verse 89, and this is what it says. Forever, O Lord, your Word is firmly fixed in the heavens forever O lord your word is firmly fixed in the heavens in other words there's one thing in this world that cannot change and that is the word of god once god has spoken it is firmly fixed many times we think the word of god has changed because we have an expectation of the interpretation of the word of god and we think that's what the word of god is going to do in our lives and often when it doesn't happen we think oh why did the word of god fail the word of god cannot fail the bible says forever your word is firmly fixed in the heavens actually let's read uh, that all together if we can one two three forever O lord your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Why don't you pray and ask God to speak to you today. Father, we are grateful for these moments that we share. We ask that you will help us to open our eyes to the power of your spoken word in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
We come together like this on a Sunday, not because we want to hear a sermon. Because if you wanted to hear a sermon, you could have sat at home. There's plenty on YouTube. If you go and uh, Google, I'm sure plenty of sermons will come up. If you're not a person that wants to hear a sermon and you prefer reading, you could have stayed at home and read Christian books. I'm sure God would have spoken to you as well. But that's not necessarily the reason why we gather together. And every Sunday, we set aside time to read the Bible and allow it to speak to our hearts. Because it is God's design... That we, when we come together as a community, that God's word is spoken to a community like this through human beings because he is a now God and a now God releases a now word into a now moment. How many of you ever sat in church one Sunday and you thought, man, that is speaking straight to me. It, it, it touched a nerve. It, it, it spoke to something that I was afraid of. It, it, it helped me just, just to understand something better because that is God's design for us to, to, to participate in the preaching or in the ministry of the word of God. And God, God changed his tactic um, uh, a few years ago when, the, when Jesus, his son, came and he came to, to die and he, came, he was buried and he was risen again. We call it, I thought that was my phone. We call it the new covenant. Um, we call it the new covenant. And in the old covenant, God related to people by, by, by giving them instructions and you had to write, read the instructions and obey them. That's how you connected with God. The thing is, that experiment failed. It didn't really work. And so God said, well, we need a new way where men and women can connect with God. And God decided to say, let's try relationship. Relationship was only made possible through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus, any person, any man, any woman, any boy, any girl, whether you're educated, not educated, you're the worst sinner or not the sinner, if you think you're a saint and you've made no mistakes, the only way you can connect with God now is through his son, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus died and rose again, one of the things that was a benefit of that, or one of the things that came as a result of his death, burial, and resurrection is a gift. Now, this gift is not a gift that you can open from a gift box because this gift is not a thing. This gift is a person. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, the church, that means the gathering together of everybody that's been called to follow Jesus, that's what the church means. The word church means the gathering of the called out one. When we gather, we are called. That's why you cannot be a church at home and say, no, I just have home, I have YouTube, I have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I am the church. No, you're not the church. The only thing that makes you a church is if you gather with other people, and that's why these mornings are important. That's what makes us church. And so the gift of the Holy Spirit was given to the church. So then Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, whenever you gather, I am there. As if to say, otherwise, what does that mean? What does that mean? Does that mean he's missing otherwise? Does that mean that when we don't gather, he's not there? Of course he's there. The Bible says, the Bible refers to the fact that he's he's an omnipresent God. That means he's everywhere. One of the writers of songs in the Bible, he's a man called David, he said it this way. He said, if I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. When I get up, you're there. When I lie down, you're there. You're everywhere. He's just everywhere. God is everywhere. But even though God is everywhere, he seems to want to know. He, he seems to, uh, for us to want to know that wherever two or three are gathered, he is there. 
he is there. And whenever he is there, he decides He decides to do a number of things. Whenever he is here, uh, miracles happen. The Bible says, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures evermore. So whenever he is there, joy happens. Whenever he is there, surprises happen. Whenever he is there, lots of things happen. And one of the many things that happen when he is there in the gathering of the called out people of God is that he desires for the word of God to be preached. And that is why we make no apologies for taking time every Sunday when we come together to read the Bible and allow God's word to speak to our hearts. And God's word is fixed firmly in the heavens. Not only is it fixed firmly in the heavens, we have, I'm going to read another verse, uh, Psalms 138 verse 2. This is what it says. It says, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and faithfulness because... You have exalted above all things. Everybody say, above all things. He has exalted above all things two things. What are they? Your name and your word. So if there is a pecking order of the universe, if there's a pecking order of every planet on earth, if there's a pecking order of the heavens, the earth, everything under the earth, if there is something that remains on top of everything that has ever existed. Two things exist there, the name of Jesus and his word. That's why it's important for us, the Bible says, to have to bow down or to have reverence towards the holy temple. In the old covenant, the holy temple was a building. In the new covenant, the holy temple is the gathering together. Like this, right now, we are the church. And the Bible says whenever we come together like that, we should have a reverence. Why? Because for, the word for there means because. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness because you have exalted above all things your name and your word. So when we come together in the holy temple, whether that is here or whether if this building did not exist tomorrow, we'd probably gather together in another building. Wherever we gather becomes the temple of God. The Bible says in the book of Peter that we ourselves are like living stones built into his holy temple. That means in the new covenant, the temple of God is not a building. It's the gathering together of every person that's put their trust in Jesus. And whenever we come together as a holy temple, whenever we gather together like this on a Sunday morning, whenever we come together like this, the Bible says we have to bow down. We have to have reverence. Reverence is different from fear. Fear is being afraid of something and running away. Reverence is when you are attracted to something and you bow down in reverence to God. Why? Because above all things, he has exalted his name and his word. And that's why we take time to worship. That's why we encourage people to lift hands. That's why we encourage people to clap. That's why we encourage people to dance. That's why we encourage people to bring their tithes. That's why we encourage people to bring their offerings. That's why we encourage people to read the Bible. That's why we encourage people to listen to the word of God. That's why we encourage people to go back and listen to the podcast in case you've missed it. Why? Because wherever the temple of God is, the Bible says in Psalms 138 verse 2, we have to bow down. We have to have reverence. We have to have worship in that moment because God has decided that above all things he has exalted the name of God and the word of God. The name of God 
and the word of God is exalted above all else. The grace of God is free, but the grace of God is not cheap. And that's why you need to have the proper reverence concerning the things of God. I have never seen in my life, in 21 years of ministry, I have never ever seen anyone completely flourish in the plans and the purposes of God if they're irreverent towards church, irreverent towards the pastor, irreverent towards leadership. I have never seen it happen. I am yet to see it happen. Why? Because God has decided that he has exalted his name and his word above all else and you have to bow down. You have to have reverence. You have to have the proper respect for that because if that doesn't happen, you are out of sync with the very order that God has designed. So we will talk about the name of God whenever the Holy Spirit allows us, but today I want to talk about the Word of God. The Word of God that God has exalted above all else. And before we even do that, it'll be good for you just to quieten your heart, maybe just in this moment, and say, God, I want to have the proper reverence. I want to bow down to your holy temple. Whenever I come together like this, the reason I come together is because I want to bow down to his name and his word. I wonder whether you want to take a minute in your heart and say, God, I want to just protect my reverence towards you. I want to make sure I give you the proper respect that is due your name. I want to bow down in your holy temple because you have exalted your name and your word above all else. I wonder if you want to, with no music or no atmosphere created, whether you can lift your hands without shame to say, God, I honor your word and I honor your name. He has exalted that above all else. He has exalted that above the name of everything else. So you and I have a choice to either be reverenced towards that, whether to bow down towards that or not to bow down. Father, you see these hands that are lifted up. These hands are lifted up in reverence towards you. We want to thank you that the grace of God is free, but we want to thank you that it is not cheap, so we will not be familiar with it. We will not play around with it. We will show you the proper reverence that is due your name. Thank you for your name. Thank you for your word. You have decided that above all else, you have exalted your name and your word in Jesus' name. Amen. For a moment, if you are grateful for the word of God, and if you know that the word of God has changed, has brought some sort of change in your life, why don't you clap your hands and give Jesus thanks. Come on, thank him. Focus on him. Every time the word of God came and made a difference in your life, Father, we are truly grateful to be on the receiving end of the word of God in our lives. I want to read a story in 1 Kings chapter 17 that I think summarizes best the power of the word of God. This is a story about a man called Elijah. He was a prophet. It says, Elijah arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. Now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it, bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent And the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. 
The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. This is why the word of God is a master key. Now this obviously applies to you if you believe you want to be reverent to the name of God and the word of God. If you choose when you come together like this to bow down in his holy temple and you're on the receiving end of the word of God, this is, this is why it's a master key. Number one, the word of God creates. The word of God creates. The word of God has the power not just to communicate. The word of God has the power to create. I don't know about you, but there are things in your life right now that you will be aware of that you think, man, I had no idea I would be here 10 years ago. I had no idea I would be in this moment 20 years ago. I had no idea this is how my life would look like 15 years ago. I had no idea. Why? Because we're not always aware of what our future brings. How many of you can agree with that? You can have the best plans in your life. You can have the best plans in the world. You can have the best hopes. You can have the best uh, expectations. But if we're really honest with ourselves, we none of us are truly in control of what our future looks like. And that's why it's important to have reverence or apply or be in a place where you receive the word of God because the word of God creates your future. And anytime the word of God creates your future, it's not a bad future that's being created. It is a future that is beyond your expectations, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the mind of any person, what God has prepared for them that love him. I want to tell you today, if you will have reverence, for the word of God. It is creating something spectacular, beautiful, beyond your imagination in your life because the word of God has the power to create your future. It has the power to create your future. The Bible says Elijah said to this woman, he spoke the word and what happened? A creative miracle happened in your life, in her life. The greatest creative miracle that can ever happen in anyone's life is when the word of God comes to an individual for the first time. And the Bible says we, without the word of God, without Jesus, we were objects of wrath. Why? Because every person that is born of a human being is born into what the Bible calls sin. Sin is not what you do. Sin is the predisposition every human being has. Sin is like saying you were born with hair. You had nothing to do with being born with hair. It was just design. Likewise, every person that is born into the world is born with a predisposition, predisposition called sin. And that sin separates any person from the Father, from our Heavenly Father whose desire is good and wants to have an intimate relationship with everyone. But when you hear the Word of God, the Bible calls the Word of God the imperishable seed. It means it's like a seed that is put in the ground that can never die. Whenever any person receives that word of God, you then, when you have an opportunity then to respond and some of you will remember that moment when you remember saying, God I want to give you my life. I receive Jesus into mine. Come and forgive me of my sins. I make you my savior. I make you my Lord. In that moment, the greatest creative miracle ever happened. Why? Because in that 
that moment, it's not just that you received forgiveness from your sins. In that moment, it's not just that you were forgiven of your guilt. In that moment, it's not just that you got a ticket to go to heaven. In that moment, it's not just that you have a relationship with the Heavenly Father. But this is what the Bible says. If anybody be in Christ Jesus, he or she is a brand new creation. Everything that is old is gone and everything is brand new. That word brand new creation means you are now a brand new species, a creative miracle happened. I am no longer just the son of my father. Something creative happened in my life. I am now a child of God. And that very act was happening because of the power of the word of God. It created something in you to change your entire species. You are no longer just human. You are also now a child of God. It is a creative miracle. The word of God creates in your life. I'm going to give you an, uh, a choice right now to do an exercise because often what I do is allow prophetic words to or declarations to flow from the stage and ask you to open your hands and, and receive it and open your heart and receive it. But I wonder for just 60 seconds, why don't you create your future? Why don't you declare in Jesus' name some of the things that you're going to see in five years' time in your life, in 10 years' time in your life? You may want to close your eyes. It might give you a moment of concentration and privacy. In a moment, why don't you just say, God, in two years' time, I am going to have a closer walk with you than I've done before. In two years' time, I'm expecting my business to flourish so that I will have enough to support me, my family, and the work of God. I'm going to give you six 60 seconds right now to create your own future because the word of God creates. And I wonder whether you want to create your future right now. Why don't you do that? Try it. Experiment. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the power of your word that creates. And I pray for the future of Beacon Church. We declare there's coming a day where there will be mass baptisms that we cannot even count. We declare there coming a day where we will run multiple services and there will not be room enough to contain. We declare in Jesus' name that there will be a, a, a knowing that Beacon Church, our, we, our light will arise and shine. That anybody that is stepping into East Anglia will hear the name of this church. And this will be the place that people will come to to receive instruction. We declare that to be true. We declare that to be reality. We thank you that in days to come, men will give their lives to Jesus. Women will give their lives to Jesus. Boys will give their lives to Jesus. Children will give their lives to Jesus. We declare that there will be such an overflowing in this place that, Lord, people will have to queue up for baptisms day in, day out. We'll have baptism services on Monday. We will have baptism services on Tuesday. We'll have baptism services on Wednesday. We'll have baptism services on Thursday. We'll have baptism services on Friday. We'll have baptism services on Saturday. We'll have baptism services on Sunday. Our husbands will serve the Lord. Our wives will serve the Lord. Our fathers will serve the Lord. Our children will serve the Lord. Our community will serve the Lord. The educated will serve the Lord. The uneducated will serve the Lord. Rich and poor will serve the Lord. We create this future because the word of God creates. We declare that to be true in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The word of God creates. I wonder what it is that you want to create in your word. I remember my entire life changing when I understood that the word of God in the mouth of God is as powerful as the word of God in your mouth. The word of God in the mouth of God is as powerful as the word of God in my mouth. 
And that's why certain things you don't have to pray about. Because God has already spoken. He has already spoken that you will be the head and not the tail. He has already spoken that you will be healed, that you will be prosperous and in good health. He has already spoken that your children will serve the Lord and they will be mighty in the land. I wonder whether you have the audacity to believe that the word of God in your mouth is as powerful as the word of God in God's mouth. It is. The word of God creates. The word of God creates. Secondly, the word of God sustains. The word of God sustains. So Elijah spoke to this woman and said, go and make me some bread because this is what the word of God says. There will not be flour failing in your house, neither will there be oil drying up in your house until God sends rain on the earth. And so she went home and cooked and they baked some bread. And, and the next day, um, the word of God didn't have to come again and say, oh, by the way, there'll be flour and there'll be oil. And the third day, by the way, there'll be flour and there'll be oil. Thursday, oh, by the way, there'll be flour and there'll be oil. And that is why one of the devil's biggest tactics is make you forget what he has spoken to you. Because if you can forget what he has spoken, and forgetfulness happens not because we have a bad memory. Forgetfulness happens because we don't cherish and have reverence for the word of God. The reverence for the word of God goes out because of our pain. The reverence for the word of God sometimes goes out because of the deceitfulness of sin. The reverence for the word of God goes out because of just life happening to us. But I want to encourage you that the word of God not only creates, the word of God has power to sustain. The Bible says everything that God has spoken is being sustained by the power of the word of God. So I want to encourage you to take a minute this week, maybe you can even take a minute right now, and try and think of some of the things that God has maybe spoken to you. That's maybe lost its value, it's maybe lost its worth, it's maybe lost its weight, it's maybe lost its excitement, because it's been a while and you've not heard it and you've not been reminded of it and it's come and gone but the word of God not only has the power to create it has the power to sustain and some of you are saying God I got into this because I had the word of God and now I'm finding myself that I'm struggling I want to say to you that first word that you heard that made you take the step in the first place that was not only permission for you to take the step that was confirmation that God will not only provide for you but he will sustain you in every season of your life. I am so grateful that I am sustained through life. How of you know what it means because you can look back and say, hey man I have made it not because of the cleverness of the decisions I've made. I have made it not because of the brilliance of my discipline. I have made it not because I was the most educated but I can just say that the word of God has sustained me. If you know that the word of God has sustained you through hell and high water the word of God has sustained you through sickness. The word of God has sustained you through poverty. The word of God has sustained you through unanswered questions. The word of God has sustained you through moments when you had no clarity. If you are confident that you are who you are today because of the word of God, I wonder if you want to give him praise right now to say, Lord, we appreciate you. It was your word that kept us. It was your word that held us. It was your word that propelled us. It was your word that protected us. It was your word that forgave us. It was your word that gave us future. It was your word that gave us a hope. It was your word. It was his word. It was the word of God that not only created but sustained. 
The Bible says, Elijah said to the woman, There shall be neither, uh, the, 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 the flour will not fail, and the oil will not dry, until the Lord sends rain on the earth. Until the Lord sends rain upon the earth. In other words, this word of God is going to work until your season changes. This word of God is going to work until your season changes. Here's the problem. Nobody knows when the season's going to change. Is that next week? Is that next year? Is that 10 years time? How do you know when the rain is going to come? Nobody knows. But Elijah says to her, until that day happens, this word will sustain her. This word will keep her. This word will provide for her. This word will make sure that it keeps working until the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Can I encourage you to know this? One day, your current season will change. You will not always be in this season of your life. This is what the Bible says. As long as earth remains, there will be summer and winter, springtime and harvest. For as long as the earth remains, sowing and reaping will not fail. That, that Seasons come and seasons go. In fact, it has been designed so that even with your own eyes, you can see after summer, there is the autumn. After that, there is the winter. After that, there is the spring. Seasons come and go. And your seasons, whatever season of life you are in now, it will change. But God's word is enough to sustain it until the season ends. In other words, the word of God is aware of your timing. I'm not always aware of my timing. I'm not always aware of when my season changes or when my season ends. How many of you have ever had an experience when the word of God has come to you and he's told you to do something and you're going, God, I'm not ready. But the word of God thinks you're ready. I can deal with that. Here's the one I can't deal with. The one I can't deal with is when I, th- I think I'm ready. And the word of God says, wait, not yet. You've got to just stay here a little more. You've got to just wait a little more. I said, no, God, I'm ready. Come on. I know I'm ready. Everybody thinks I'm ready. Why do you think I'm not ready? Because the word of God is not only something that creates, it's not only something that sustains, but the word of God is aware of the timing of your life. I have come to understand this. God is never late. He is never early. He is always on time. Our times are in his hand. And if you want to make sure that your life is governed, not by the ticking of a clock, your life is governed by not by who's in government and who isn't. Your life is governed not by your diet choices or not. I'm not advocating a poor diet, by the way. That's not what I mean. What I mean is this. There is something that can overrule. There's a master key that you can apply that will make sure that your life is in time with the timing of God. 
and it happens to everybody that has a reverence for the word of God. And I want to know whether you want to make sure your world and your life works out in your timing or would you like your world and your life to work out in the timing of God. I have always known that the timing of God is perfect. He is perfect in all of his ways and he is perfect in his timing. And some of you just here today saying, God, uh, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready for this word of God. And God is saying, you are ready. And some of you are living with the frustration saying, God, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. But, 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 but. But the rain has not come and you're still waiting because the word of God, the previous word is still working. And some of us are like that. And I am like that sometimes because I'm like, <clears throat> God, it's, it's been two months, you know, I got that word. That the jar of oil will not fail and, and uh, the jar of flour will not fail. So it's been two months. I'm ready for the next one. Until the Lord sends rain on the earth. So... I push my patience to three months. God, it's been three months. I want to thank you for that word. It was brilliant. I've written it down in my diary. I've now memorized it. I now sing it. I now pray it. I now declare it. And the rain is still not coming. It's five months now. It's like... Uh, how many of you ever live with the frustration of the fact that you're not where you used to be, but you're not quite where you want to be? Do you, know, do you know what that means? Just to say like, oh man, I'm glad I'm not there. But it'd be so good if it rained. It'd be so good if, if this season was over and I could just walk in whatever looks like next. I want to encourage you. He is perfect in all of his ways. You have not missed your season. 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 His word is bigger than your mistakes. His word is bigger than your impatience. His word is bigger than demonic agendas. His word is bigger than all of the things that make up the complexities of your emotions, of your mind. Whatever is happening in your world, the word of God is bigger. It's bigger. It's bigger. It's bigger. And the devil has been lying to you, but you made a mistake, but you sinned, but you've been unbelief. You've been walking in unbelief but you've been trying to strive and make sure you manipulate these things you are not where you used to be but the rain has not yet come but today if you will make a decision to bow down in reverence to the word of God and the name of God this is the word of God to you you have not missed it you are walking in the timing of God and the word of God on your life will make sure that you walk in his timing I want to walk in the timing of God I want to walk in the timing of God and the word of God. Make sure I walk in the timing of God. Here's the last thing about the word of God that I really love. Look at that verse that we were just read. It said, As the, uh, the jar of oil did not fail. The jar did not fail until the Lord sent the rain on the earth. And this is what the Bible says. I think it's verse 16, 17, whatever verse we had, if you said, until according to the word of the Lord <clears throat> spoken by Elijah. Can we have verse 17? If we've got that, the next verse. Um, if we go back, verse, I'll pull it up on my Bible. First Kings chapter 17. Verse 15, sorry, verse 15. She went and did as Elijah said. And she, that's this woman, and he, that's the prophet, 
and her whole household ate for many days. Ate for many days. The thing I love best about the word of God is that it always exceeds our expectations. It always exceeds our expectations. It always exceeds our expectations. You're expecting, yes, God said he'd provide. But it exceeds expectations. The word of God creates. The word of God sustains. The word of God limits your world to the timing of God. But if you can surrender to that timing, if you can cooperate with the Holy Spirit and not be stubborn to have your way how you like it, how you want it, then he will make sure that he will surprise you with that word that it will create for you more than he's ever imagined. In the Bible, there's something called the law of first mention. Theologians call it the law of first mention. And uh, it's something that pastors like us find slightly difficult to talk about. I'll tell you why it's slightly difficult to talk about. So if you go to John chapter 2 and uh, start reading from verse 1, I'll tell you why it's slightly difficult to talk about. Saju, if you want to swap your music for Joe, that'll be great. John chapter 2 verse 1. On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, What? Go back to verse 5. His mother said to the servants, What did he say? Do whatever he tells you. Whatever he tells you. In other words, have reverence towards his word. Have reverence towards his word. Do whatever he tells you. Verse 6. Now there are six stone jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. The master of the feast tasted the water that had now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. And the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, everybody say first, the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Theologians talk about something called the law of first mention. That means any time you see God doing something for the first time, it means God is trying to communicate something about him. And this is the first sign that Jesus did in the inauguration of the Son of God that came to earth. This is why we pastors find it slightly uncomfortable to talk about this. We find it slightly uncomfortable that Jesus thought it was necessary to make 180 gallons of wine after everybody was already drunk. It's uncomfortable. Why would Jesus make 180 gallons of wine, liters of wine, sorry, each, 
Each stone jar holding 20 or 30 gallons, it says. Six stone jars. So we're talking a minimum of 120 gallons, maximum of 150 gallons, whatever that is in liters, find out. I promise you this, it's more than all the wine in Tesco. But the Bible says they were already all drunk. It's uncomfortable to talk about. I'll tell you this. When you have reverence for the word of God, do whatever he tells you. It turns out way more than you can ever imagine or ever expect. Something about the box of God, the, 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 the box that you've boxed God in, this is how he's going to act. It gets broken. You think, I didn't expect Jesus to do that. Why would he do that? Could it be possible because he's doing that to prove to you that if you have reverence for the word of God, he will appear to you out of the box. He will appear to you in a way that's beyond what you have boxed him in. You have a certain expectation, understanding of who God is. Can I tell you, my friends, God is bigger than your understanding. He's bigger than your expectation. He's bigger than your experience. He's bigger than your theology. He's bigger than all of the sermons you have ever listened to in your life combined. He is bigger than your Bible reading plan. He is bigger than what you've written in your diary or your journal. He is bigger than any prayer you've prayed. He's bigger than the sum of all of the fasting and praying we have done in our lives together. He's bigger than all the books that has ever been written about him. He's bigger than all the sermons that has ever been preached about him. He's bigger than all the testimonies in the room combined. He's bigger than all the songs that were ever been sung about him. He's bigger than the greatest designs of architecture in the world. He's beautiful and he is sweet and he has more intricacy than we will ever understand. He is beyond comparison. He is beyond description. He is beyond anything that has entered into the mind of man. And if there is one person in this room today who says, I will bow in reverence to his word and I will do whatever he tells me to do, then your life is about to experience an experience explosion of God activity in a way that you has not even understood by your mind. He will break every box that is in your world and you'll be able to come out and experience something and say, I never thought it was going to be this way. I never anticipated this. I never expected this. I never knew he would be this good. I never knew he would be this powerful. I never knew he would be this kind. I never knew he would be this patient. I never knew he would do something that was beyond my box. If there is one person whose heart will go to him right now and says, I will bow in reverence to the word of God. Then your life is getting ready to face an explosion of the activity of God that has not even been understood or comprehended by your mind. In fact, it will be embarrassing. It will be embarrassing to see what God can do through somebody who says, I respect the word of God. I have reverence when there is the holy temple. That is why at Beacon Church, we do not tolerate any person that comes and wants to be familiar with church or familiar with the pastor or familiar with the things of God and people who say, I want it my way. This is how it's always been. We don't have sacred cows here in church. They make for good hamburgers because we do want to make sure that we honor God. If he has exalted his name and his word above all else, our honor belongs to him. Our respect belongs to him. Our praise belongs to him. Our glory belongs to him. Our attention belongs belongs to him our focus belongs to him and he is worthy of us bowing down and giving him the reverence that is due his name it's due his name 
that's due his name. Suze, can you come and just drum for me? That'd be great. Today, if you want to, Joe, give me an A if you can. That'd be great. Fantastic. Today, we're going to take a moment to bring honor and reverence to the word of God. An honor and reverence to the word of God. concentration privacy why don't you close your eyes in the old covenant under the blood of goats and bulls and turtle doves men and women stood and bowed in reverence to his name and his word we are under a better covenant we came here today because of the blood of Jesus Christ will you join me stand now wherever you are in reverence for his name and his word it's a master key if you will apply it it's going to turn better than you thought it's going to turn better than you thought if you're here today and you say God I want to have reverence for your name and your word create something in my life sustain it some of you just need to hear again you are walking according to the timing of God in your life this is the one on whom I will look with favor the one who is broken in their spirit and the one who trembles at my word Father, we want to be a church that trembles at your word. We want to be a church that is not familiar with the things of God. We want to be a church that bows down in the holy temple. We will not be so dignified and so important that we are self-aware whether we sing or worship you are first you were first you will be first in all things always and today i want to pray for every person that has a situation where the word of god looks different to their scenario power of God's word by the power of God's word let every circumstance that needs to bow to the name of Jesus it bows now sickness addictions bondages fear depression anxiety unbelief anything that is contrary to the word of god it bows today we're going to finish by reading this colossians chapter 1 if you have that 
Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. Keep playing for me Joe if you can that'd be great. Will you read this with me? This is who Jesus is. Together 1 2 3. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things hold together he is the head of the body the church he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead so that in everything everybody say everything so that in everything so that in everything so that in everything so that in everything in everything he who's he jesus might be preeminent we want to be a church where in everything in everything in everything jesus is preeminent he is the head of the body the firstborn from the dead verse 19 for in him all the fullness of god was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross that includes you you now have peace with god because of the blood of jesus I wonder if we can give the preeminent one the best praise we have ever done and we will finish there. Come on. Jesus is worthy of our praise. Hey, we praise you this morning. The preeminent one, the firstborn from the dead, the head of the body, the church. In him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. The blood of Jesus has made peace. with all things and in him all things hold together he is the first and he is before all things lord we thank you raise your hands for a blessing now may the preeminent one cause all things in your life to hold together and may you find the preeminence of god working on your behalf so in every lack in every day that you spend this week you will find the preeminence of Jesus shining through because you've decided to tremble at his word and bow down in his holy temple in Jesus name amen amen